Kaliki was a practical magician. He could do such useful things as bringing a song to life and bewitching typons in diaries so he would never lose them. He could also use a touch of invisibility to cure a dog that was always biting people. Hi, welcome back to Books Are Back. I'm Ursula. And I'm Catherine. I'm Ursula's mum. Today's book is Mr. Leakey. So, mum, why did you choose Mr. Leakey for me? Well, let's have a look. What's it called? It's called My Friend Mr. Leakey, and it's by J.B.S. Haldane, I think. Is that how you pronounce it, mum? I think Haldane, yes. Haldane, okay. I think he was Scottish. Ooh, um, Scottish. I am Scottish. <laughs> I am Scottish. Scottish like us. <laughs> I'm um, a weird person. So, I chose the book because I remembered it being fun and I was looking for a bit of nonsense after the hard work of the Big Woods last week. So I was just looking for something quite lighthearted. Yeah. I don't remember much about the book apart from it was very magical and it was amusing, light, lighthearted. Yeah, I, I, I think it's really funny. I think I really like the kind of sh- just short short stories like, you know, a party that he throws and everyone gets to turn into different things. And so someone could be Mount Everest, but only if Mount Everest was, was eight feet tall, so as not to bump on the ceiling. <laughs> so someone chooses, do they, to become Mount Everest? No, but he, he's, he's giving examples right. of what you could become. He also says you could become a giant flea. Does anyone become a giant flea? No. no. Although one of my questions is about what the character referred to as I turns into, so... Maybe we'll find that out later. I'll reflect on that. So can you tell us basically what the what the book is about? Well, basically, um, we never find out the person who's telling the story's name, but he's the main character. And then there's Mr. Leakey. And Mr. Leakey um, is a practical magician, not... So, well, it's described as... He could do all the things that a normal magician could do, but only... But not very often. In, and certainly not twice a day and six times a week. <laughs> but um, so basically, it's just about one day they go, he goes for tea there, and um, another time he goes for a party. They also go on a day trip with magic carpet, and they get to meet penguins. And I like penguins. Oh, and good. I really like penguins. Good. And I was reading this yesterday. Yeah, they also get to. They also fix a prop. I think, I can't remember this is an anecdote from his life or not, but something happens with rats in the ship and someone manages to fix them. How, with magic? I th- think so. Okay. Uh, I didn't get that far when I was doing my pre-bookstore back review last night. What, does anyone eat a mango in the bath? Yes. That I that I remember. <laughs> yeah. So um he Mr. Leakey can grow has so he has a big table that has four corners and in each corner there are these trees that grow fruits and one of them's a mango tree and he can enchant them so that they're not the the juice doesn't squish out everywhere. But obviously if you're at home you can't so he has to eat the mango in the bath. The narrator has yeah. to eat his yeah. mango in the bath. I, I remember that. That's about the extent of, of my memory. <laughs> so while you were reading... Mom, mm-hmm. I can remember the plots of Millie, Molly, Mandy, and I haven't read that for, like, seven years. Well, you can't seem to remember what Mr. Leakey did to solve the problem of the rats on the boat. As I said, I didn't get there on last night's book review. Right. 
Well, um, while you were reading, my friend Mr. Leakey, or not, as it turns out. <laughs> I got somewhere <laughs> through. It wasn't my fault. I have been um, reading about JBS Holding. Here's I wonder if that's I. What do you mean? JBS Holding. Well, maybe he is. Maybe he is the I um, who meets Mr. Leakey. Um, so what I found out about JBS Holding is absolutely, astonishingly interesting. Who knew, I would say, um, when I started this research, I certainly had no clue. JBS Holding was not... Can I take a guess? Please? At what? Um, about who he is. Okay, who do you think he is? He's a mad evil genius who is also a scientist. Yes, have you been looking at my notes? <laughs> Maybe. So Maybe. <laughs> so I think you're surprisingly close there with your guess. Really? Um, Am I actually? Yes. <laughs> that was a guess. <laughs> so I, rather than saying he was mad and evil, <laughs> I would say he was... Um, Seems to have been a very, very big personality. Let's put it that way. He had a very full life and he was a, a very larger-than-life character. He was a scientist. He was not a children's author. Um, and his most important... <laughs> his most important work um, was in biology and in genetics and the study of evolution. Mum, uh, just give me three seconds. I need to clear the frog away. Okay, so it seems like a magical frog has been enchanted onto the table. But Ursula's dealt with that. So he seems to come from a family of scientists and doing experiments on each other was part... Um, Does these experiments or just, does this turn your nails pink? All sorts of things. It seems as though he pretty much almost drowned when he was doing research with his father... Um, into how divers get compression sickness when they go down deep and come back up too fast. Um, he didn't come back up too fast, but his diving suit filled with water. This still seems like a really bad thing to experiment on. I mean, why would you risk almost drowning in the name of science? Why? Well, that seemed to be the family way. His sister was... Naomi Mitchison, um, who went on to become a famous writer herself, and she and he did research into the genetics of mice, which they seemed to be doing while he was in the trenches in the First World War, and she was at home, and they were corresponding about their research into uh, mice genetics. So they were a busy family of Mice genetics? Yes. Now... Why would you want to know about the genetics of a mouse? Well, to help you understand all sorts of genetics. Keyword, mouse. Okay, and at the end of the war, he had been injured in the war, and he, at the end of the war, he was sent to India to recuperate, and he spent a couple of years in India, and he seemed to really very much like it. Does that mean relax? Recover. Oh, okay. He, he writes about India. Maybe that's why. Well, I wondered if there was a link, because in fact, what then happened in his life was... He, after the war, he was living in Britain and he became uh, interested in Marxism and he joined the Communist Party and he became what I would call a a public intellectual. He did a lot of work, you know, popularising science and speaking about his politics 
and entering into the public debate in that way. And but eventually, he became disenchanted with living in the UK. He he was a fan of Russia, but he eventually decided that Russia wasn't quite to his taste either. And what he did towards the end of his life was he took up a post at an Indian university and he moved to India. He lived there for for about seven years before um, he died. What's Marxism? Marxism is a, a socialist um, political philosophy about trying to um, share out property more equally so that um, all of the workers in a country share in the property in the country. So, for example, they own the factories that they work in. So they own where they work and they have to pay the wages of, that they then receive. Well, yes, I think the government basically, in a, a Marxist or a socialist society, the government basically pays everyone the same amount regardless of the work they do. Okay. So that's where, when I say he, he obviously had a lot of um, different interests. Yeah, including the research of the genetics of mice. Including the research of the <laughs> genetics of mice. So, you know, at the end of the podcast, just before we say goodbye, I'm going to go, mice! <laughs> Shouting's always great. So, does it come through in the book that he's a scientist? No, not a scientist. There's no hint of his interest in scientific explanation? Or, no. No? No. Okay, so what about his interest in India? Does that come through in the book? Yeah, so kind of, I mean, they go to India, that's all I, I can't really elaborate on that. But I, I like the India bit. And they have to, like, make magic away the insects that are flooding into the place that they're staying. Cool. So uh, I think they go on a flying carpet, do they? Yeah. And mangoes are probably an Indian theme. Because this book was published in 1937, so you probably couldn't buy mangoes in Sainsbury's at that stage. He had to grow them on his table. You Magic. couldn't buy mangoes Magic. in Sainsbury's? Magically. <laughs> what kind of madness is this? Um, so, do you have a quiz for me? Yes, I do. I actually created this at school today because I completely forgot. Oliver is Mr. Leakey's servant, kind of. Um, but why is he an octopus? Why is Oliver an octopus? <laughs> I mean... <laughs> Has he always been an octopus? No. Has he been enchanted to become an octopus? Yeah. Is it because Mr. Leakey has enchanted him to be able to do eight things at once? No. No. Why is he an octopus? <laughs> so his legs got cut off in a train accident and they were bleeding really badly and he was about to die. So Mr. Leakey turned him into a snail. But whenever he tried to turn it into some something more interesting, like a dog, it had no legs. But then he realised that an octopus doesn't really have legs. The four things sprouting from his head are basically arms. So now Oliver's an octopus. Well, I, if you don't mind me saying, I think that's a very scientific approach to problem solving for <laughs> Mr Leakey there. Well, yeah, but, I mean, it's funny. Yeah, it's funny. OK, question number two. What, what does the character refer to as I, so we refer to as JBS, Halloween, I want to be turned into at Mr. Leakey's party. Okay, so this is a party where the guests can get turn to, into anything they want. Instead of fancy dress, 
they get to be. Oh yeah, there's a devil in the um and like a saintless party, but that's um that's off topic. Okay, so he chooses to be enchanted to become something. I. I can't remember. Um, I'm going to say, as a guess, that he decides to be a dog. Decides to be a comet. A comet? How cool! <laughs> yeah, and he goes racing around, but not as fast as the mini wolves voiced. And it's really funny because one of the trees I think it might have been the mango tree sprouted a petrol can and they put it in the Royals rice and he went. Vroom, 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 vroom. <laughs> So which guest decided to be the Rolls Royce? I think it was a little boy. Okay, cool. And they, they, they raced a comet. Yeah. That's excellent. Okay. So what does Mr Licky do to that boy, to that dog who was always biting people? Oh, I don't know. I mean, the, the clue on the blurb <laughs> says something about... A touch of invisibility. A touch of invisibility. Does he give him a fright by disappearing while he's being bitten? No. What does he do? He didn't steep the rubber. Oh. <laughs> you were way off. Uh, yes, I don't remember that. Right. <laughs> it's incredibly hard to bite something when your teachers go, well. Yes. And finally, who is Abul, uh, Abul Makar? Someone they meet in India, I'm going for. I, I, I'm not even sure. It's a djinn who works for Mr. Leakey. A djinn. A D-J-I-N-N. No, a J-I-N-N. A J-I-N-N. Cool. I think that's probably the same idea. They have, like, folding wings. So he's got, like, two servants, an octopus and a gym. Yeah. With his folding wing. Mm-hmm. Excellent. Yeah. That's your worst score ever. I think that's my worst score ever. Is that a zero out of zero? Yeah, zero out of zero. <laughs> nil of nil. Okay, so is there anything else you want to talk to me about? Uh, yes, well, I didn't show you this. Oh, I've always me. had this book. Tell me. Um, tell me. It's called On Being the Right Size, and it's a collection of essays by J.B.S. Holden about science. Oh, cool. Um, and Can I blow it up and see what the effect is? You want to blow it up? <laughs> and see what the effect is? It would be science. That would be science. Um, <laughs> apparently, he was a man who was fond of explosions himself. Ooh. But um, <laughs> when I was reading about him, I read... That this was one of his books, and I was like, I've got that book. I had never, it had never, never occurred to me that it was the same person. <laughs> so what I thought I would do was, with on being the right size, I thought I will read you the first paragraph of his essay on being the right size, and see if you can hear the same authorial voice. Tell me if you can hear that it's the same person writing. Um, so this essay is about um, the sizes of animals, and in it he explains things like. Why the elephant is big. Why the elephant's big, exactly. Why so, the small. Yeah. So so he's got sections on why the way that insects breathe means that they have to be tiny. Why there are no small animals that live in cold places. Well, because they need the fat. And why they're why very, very tiny creatures can safely fall much longer distances than big creatures. And here is Because they take less impact. I don't, I'm not really sure. It's a combination of physics and biology. On being the right size, here's the first paragraph. The most obvious differences between different animals are differences of size. And colour. Well, what he wants to say about <laughs> it is that the most obvious differences between different animals are differences of size. Okay, I will shush. Okay, the most obvious differences between different animals are differences of size. 
but for some reason the zoologists have paid singularly little attention to them. In a large textbook of zoology before me, I find no indication that the eagle is larger than the sparrow or the hippopotamus bigger than the hare, so some grudging admissions are made in the case of the mouse and the whale. But yet it is easy to show that a hare could not be as large as a hippopotamus or a whale as small as a herring. For every type of animal, there is a most convenient size and a large change in size inevitably carries with it a change of form. So what do you think? Can you hear the voice of JBS Haldane in both books? Yeah, you can. You totally can. That's exactly the way that I talk. In, in, in the books. Look, and here's a picture of him on the front of On Being He's the Right Side. He's a He's got a pipe, hasn't he? Yeah. He looks like Sherlock Holmes. Or maybe Watson. <laughs> looks a bit more like Watson, I'd say. So, I mean, that's quite interesting. I'll put that back on the shelf. You can maybe um, read it a bit later. There are some essays about politics in it as well. So, what books have you read from your more modern reading that might be a bit like My Friend Mr Levy? Uh, not so much from my modern reading, but I, I thought it was quite, like, just sort of short little anecdotes. And so I'd say that books that I've read, not necessarily modern books, but things like um, Doctor Doolittle, that we did on our first episode of Books Are Back, Millie Molly Mandy. I was talking to you this before and I've forgotten what I was going to say. I think you mentioned Paddington. Yeah, and Paddington Bear. I thought were, I thought they were quite similar just because they're, they're, there's no real villain. There's no villain. It's just like short little stories from title. Yeah. So did you enjoy it? I... Loved it. And that's with 187 O's. If he had ever written any other books, would you read them? If they were in this style. Not if they were like that. Not if they were essays on politics. No, no, but I mean, this is his only children's book. Um, did you think? But like, if you wrote like my friend Mr. Leakey Tales from Around the World or something. I definitely read that. Yeah. Do did you think he was trying to give any political message in the book? No, no. I think he. You think he was basically saying, "I love mice." <laughs> he 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 wasn't. He wasn't. I I think he was literally telling a children's story. Right. Okay. Um. Now I'm going to tell you what next. No, you're not, because I want to talk to you about something. Ah. Uh, okay. What's that? Right. So on the back of the book, like it does in most books, it states the price. But this says, United Kingdom, 40p. Now, do you want to guess what the other countries it says? Uh, the US and Canada. It says. Oh, I see. It says, it says 40 cents. New Zealand, £1.15. No, $1.15. Canada, $1.50. USA, $1.50. So, are you... Surprised that the books are so much more expensive abroad. Yeah, I mean, like that's like something that you, you probably even wouldn't carry around, like a forty p. You mm. probably wouldn't even pick it up if you found it on the road, and you know that's you know quite a substantial size. That's like a bag of flour. <laughs> well, I'm I'm just looking at a more modern book here uh, to see if I can see a discrepancy in price. Um, I can't. 
I was used to that when I was a child, that the books were more expensive abroad. And I always understood it was because they were paying more tax over there. Is it? I think so. I think books are VAT-free here. Oh, cool. So I I can buy as many books as I like, and I'll never have to pay any VAT. Yeah. Sorry, people, I need to go to the nearest bookshop right now. (laughs) And with that, Ursula has left... The room. I but, need to come back and finish the podcast, don't I? But next week, <laughs> we will be discussing Pamela Brown's classic, The Swish of the Curtain. That sounds like Phoenix and the par- Carpet, I think. It's very, very unlike The Phoenix and the Carpet. Um, really? It, yes. It's about a theatre called the Blue Door Theatre. It is. I think. I read the top. I think we can see that from the cover. <laughs> So, I hope you enjoy it, and we will reconvene. It's not next week, is it? It's in a fortnight's time. Yeah, it is. We will reconvene in a fortnight's time. To bring you the stories of the swish of the curtain. So, thanks for listening, and um, tune in next time for Pamela Brown. Okay, bye. Bye. Mice!